Hello, Nick Hancock, and this is our fourth Your Harrogate podcast in the week. That brings us, the clock's changing, half term, Halloween, oh God, all this wintry stuff. And you know who you need this winter, MJ Ryder. Amanda and her fabulous team, the home of the heat plan. They'll keep you warm this winter if you go to mjrider.co.uk. This is the Your Harrogate podcast. Sponsored by MJ Ryder, keeping you and your family warm this winter. Now, please welcome your host, Nick Hancock. It's podcast number four. And if you've listened to all of the other ones so far, thank you very much for listening. And if you are new, if you're first time podcast listener, welcome. And how can I describe what we've got here? I think this is just a great place for some local goings on around Harrogate. And we've got somebody who's actually been in the news this week and an organisation that's been badly affected by coronavirus and lockdowns and restrictions. Sharon Canavar from Harrogate International Festivals. She's our first guest in a minute. And Sharon is somebody who I would describe as always good value. Always good to have a conversation with Sharon. Lots of things going on with the Literature Festival and all sorts to talk about with Sharon. And then somebody who you may not have heard of before, but you'll want to look her up after you've heard her. Her name is Lauren Doherty. She's from Knaresborough. She was involved in a life-changing accident on Skipton Road in Harrogate about 12 years ago, but has since dedicated her life to talking to school kids and adults as well around Harrogate about road safety. And she's just absolutely extraordinary a really really great person so i can't wait for you to hear that in a minute or two as well plus we've got our what's hot guide with doors direct coming up as well and i just very quickly wanted to do the fan email that's the fan email and special shout out to everybody at barrows bistro which is at crimple hall where they're having a great time Uh, and i want to particularly mention graham from crimple hall who got in touch to say, I just watched you doing a video at Palm Court Cafe, tucking into a slice of cake. He said, if you keep going on like this, you'll be piling the weight back on. Well, I have I have run every day this week as well, to be honest. And in fact, once I finish doing this, I'm going to go for a run because I'm at home doing this as you can I don't know if you can tell, you maybe be able to tell or not, but I'm working from home. Um, Harrogate, of course, uh, come out top of the places to work from home. Oh, that is very odd with what I do because I never really know whether I'm actually, you know, whether it's taking it a stretch too far to class this as working. But, you know, anyway, working from home because um, BT are turning up um, to sort out my internet and it's one of those where it's, it's any time it's any time between one o'clock and six o'clock so if at any point there's a knock at the door um I, I will have to go because it'll be bt so just just so you know exactly where we are if you want to get in touch by the way if you'd like me to mention you or just to tell us that you've been listening to the podcast you can email me nick at yourharrogate.co.uk that's nick at yourharrogate.co.uk Sharon Canavar, welcome to the podcast. Now, normally, I would think of you as coming into my studio 
full of beans, full of Love Island chat, actually, normally, because it was always it was always festival time in the summer. But I think it's fair to say for the events industry, for Harrogate International Festivals, this has been the most challenging of times, hasn't it? Yeah, I think you've probably summed it up quite well. Um, I've worked in the events industry for a long time, showing my age. So I've done kind of foot and mouth and the trauma of people travelling post 9-11. But in terms of a global events industry just stopping, this is the first time anything's happened like this. And particularly when, you know, we're living in an age of unknowns, but everything else is opening up around you, yet events still can't take place um, in any way, shape or form from the festivals. It kind of leaves you high and dry and totally having to change your business model pretty quickly to see if you can survive and there's so many different factors to this aren't there and one of the hardest must be when it's say july and you would normally be in the middle of the crime writing festival which is just massive i mean it's it's international you must just miss miss it taking place you must just been quite sad about it it's totally mad, um, you know, circadian rhythms, you know, when you when you go to sleep and work, it's a bit like that at festival time, so, you know, when the crocuses come up on the stray, that's when I'm always stressed about the event guide landing, you know, when you go past the old swan, I always have a bit of a shiver down my fine, in the spine about have we done this, have we done that for the Theakston's Crime Festival, so this summer has been weird, but I think I've probably worked harder than I've ever worked before but not done the late nights on site so we've moved from live events to digital and getting all of that programmed and up and running and looking after our sponsors who've supported us what we have missed is our audiences and our ticket buyers because when you put on a gig it's the you know all the stress is made worthwhile by everybody walking out at the end going that was amazing thanks so much that changed my life didn't know that about myself and that's what you know live events is all about and having that time together so we've really missed that. Well, I know from having interviewed you loads and loads of times over the years, the festival never stays still. So you're always, always trying to better what you've done in previous years. And you're always trying to look for new innovations to bring to Harrogate. And you're always really passionate about bringing stuff to Harrogate for local people to enjoy. So in a way, you were kind of the right kind of people to be innovative, to be able to think on your feet about some of these challenges. Yeah, I think so. It's that whole thing about, you know, there's a massive campaign at the moment called We Make Events, which is just about the events industry that has shut down. And the whole thing about when you work in this kind of thing, there's always something going pear-shaped behind the scenes. If you watch any hospitality programme about hotels or, you know, there's always chefs in the kitchen, you know, waitresses crying, so a wedding's gone pear-shaped somewhere. And that's exactly the same with what we do. So you just have to find a way to, you know, when you're on stage and making it work, you've got to find a way to be able to deliver. And that's what we did with, you know, we started two weeks after lockdown um, or the, there, was, there was talk of lockdown we started HIF Player we had this huge archive of all these great events that we'd recorded over the years and we'd done absolutely nothing with they were kind of on dat tapes hidden under desks in, in our lockup and that kind of stuff so getting all of that together and there's some absolute gold on there for some of the you know the late great authors Colin Dexter and Reginald Hill um, right through to uh, Lee Child announcing his brother Andrew Grant on stage back in 2007-8 as a new writer and now he's obviously taken over Lee Child's writing um, of the Reacher books. So there's some, you know, some real historical gold, but also commissioning new stuff. So we um, worked with David Lancaster to uh, commission a new brass piece, uh, put it out into the ether, and everybody recorded their parts. This was at the height of lockdown. Everyone recorded their uh, brass part, be it trumpet, bass trombone, whatever, percussion, um, in their bedrooms at home, submitted it, and we mixed it all together and created this new commission. So there's lots of stuff that's happened that have brought people together. And the down 
download numbers have been phenomenal for us. We're chuffed to bits. But, you know, ultimately, when you're an arts charity that's hugely reliant on ticket sales and there's no ticket sales coming in, you have to find a new way to make it work. And, you know, people... As consumers, we're so used to having so much free content for digital. It's how do you make your ticket buyer, you know, who will go to a live event, pay for a ticket, actually pay for something online. And that's the big leap that most organisations aren't able yet to do. And people like me who just go to these events, I mean, we're the fortunate ones where we sort of, we need these dots joining for us, really, because because everything everything comes at a cost and we're you know we we're, we're hearing we are hearing more and more i think about the forgotten industries in the in the pandemic and in the lockdown but i mean it, it's really serious stuff it's it's a lot of people's livelihoods isn't it yeah, and I, I also think the political message, I mean, there's loads, you know, go get a different job, go and get a better job, you know, and that's lovely. I am, you know, if everything goes pear-shaped in my life, I've always said I'd be happy to go and stack shelves somewhere, you know. But actually, live events are what enhances people's lives. So, you know, from you, we talked about weddings a bit already, but, you know, your wedding DJ through to the gig you've always wanted to go to. And you know, there's been a lot of chat about the high-profile artists not necessarily wanting to come out because everyone will throw rocks at them and go, well, you're really rich, why don't you pay for it? You know, you're all right, Jack. But actually, it's your, you know, the you know, show caller, you know, who says it's, you know, five is the stage, it's, it's the, you know, the producer, it's the, you know, the, the guys who run the venue, run the bars, who clean the toilets, all of those kind of people who mostly on are either freelance or, um, it, you know, or on zero-hours contracts who have lost that income. And actually, if we lose a lot of those skills, you know, particularly sound people, um, um, a, a whole host of, of, of different people who make an event work and make an event slick. If we lose those skills, they're not going to come back to the industry and they'll be lost forever. So what will be there for us to be able to deliver in the future? And that's one of the big things about we've been really clear that we want to continue paying artists for as long as we absolutely can. So if we're producing content online, that artist is being paid by the festival because we want to make sure that they're going to continue in this industry so we've got something to put on live in the future. Okay, so there's all sorts of ways that you can follow the Literature Festival. So this is coming up at yep. the end of the month. So this all goes online. So what sort of things are coming up? Oh, it's, it's, I mean, that's one of the great things I should say from a, a, you know, we talk about local and community and Harrogate is great for this. And our sponsors have been fantastic. You know, we've renegotiated how it works and they're comfortable with continuing to support us and create great um, product for Harrogate and beyond. So the Raywas Harrogate Literature Festival, we've got so much going on. And in actual fact, because um, we've like being able to go a little bit more celebrity because if they haven't got a book coming out they're talking about the books that they've previously written we've got jeremy vine coming who's always you know fantastic for uh, a great writer as well as as a great presenter it's a fantastic broadcaster he's got a real edge to his writing as well and a great dancer Let's, let's talk about that another time. We've got Alexandra Shulman. So she was the ex-editor-in-chief of British Vogue, and she's written about all about books and, uh, sorry, clothes, and um, what it means about you and trends and all of that kind of thing. And she's a bit, I'm a bit of a guru, so I'm really excited about that. We've got Bernard Cornwall coming. We've got David Lammy MP, Jess Phillips MP. And I would say I know they're both from one side of uh, the house, but we did have David Cameron last year, so, you know, we've got to balance it back up again. And someone I'm really excited about hearing talk is Kelly to Canna Mason and she is the mother of the Canna Mason so Shaky was the cellist who played at the uh, Harry and Meghan wedding so a really musical family they've done loads during lockdown and put loads of uh, fantastic concerts together and because there's a whole host of them all really musical um, they've been able to almost comp- uh, create their own ensembles um, we've got Lloyd Grossman Rory Bremner Simon Mayo uh, so a host of different people who are all coming to talk about their books literature and what writing means to them 
So what's the best way to find out about this and get booked on all this stuff then? So it's all free to access and if you just go to harrogateinternationalfestivals.com and click on the Raywist link that'll take you through to all the content and it's all going live um, the weekend of the 22nd to the 25th of October. She's she said that looking at a wall panel. <laughs> <laughs> and a wall panel just sort of stuff crossed out all over. What a waste of time that was this year. And you'll, you'll appreciate this. My, my mum said to me on the phone, so she does her, her weekly rotary meeting on zoom now Love it. and she said it's great we can get we can now get speakers from anywhere in the world yeah. you know because because and, and again you know always always important to try and find the positives but all of a sudden there will probably be although although we can't wait to get back to normal there will be one or two of these innovations particularly with all the content that you guys yeah. have gotten put out there there'll be some of these things that stay around forever won't there I think festivals next year particularly will probably end up being a hybrid of, of digital and live and how we make that work with people in the room. Um, but, you know, there will be elements, and we're, we're such consumers of, you know, everything on our phone these days that, that things will move to that. But actually, it'll be, it, we've talked about the power of live events and, you know, we want to make sure that the stuff going on in Harrogate next year that people can attend and that they attend it in a safe way but come away with a real joyous feeling that they've, you know, they've enjoyed themselves. Thank you so much for your time, Sharon. Thanks for having me. The What's Hot Guide with DoorsDirect.co.uk For made-to-measure sliding wardrobe doors and interiors, visit DoorsDirect.co.uk Hello again, it's time for your weekly What's Hot Guide, a look at some exciting events coming to your local area in the coming weeks. And this week we're looking ahead to some events you can be sinking your teeth into over the Halloween season. Everyman Cinema in Harrogate have revealed their schedule for Halloween, and although there aren't many new films to immerse ourselves with at the moment, they'll be screening a few spooky classics from over the years that will more than fill the void. If you're looking for family-friendly flicks, bit of alliteration there, Everyman will be showing Frank and Weenie, The Addams Family, and The Nightmare Before Christmas. Or if you're looking for something for a more mature audience, they'll also be showing Alien, Beetlejuice, and The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Those films are all set to be shown over Halloween weekend, so that's between the 29th and 31st of October, and that's at the Everyman Cinema in Harrogate. So grab your tickets online or via their app. And Stockhill Park are all set for their Halloween adventure, which opens on Saturday the 24th of October. Now there's plenty to go out here for the price of one Halloween entry ticket. So there's witches in the Enchanted Forest, the Magical Maze, and some traditional pumpkin picking. It's gonna be a cracking weekend at Stockhill Park. That's running from Saturday the 24th of October all the way through until Sunday the 1st of November. Have a look online to see if there are any tickets left, but do be fast because they are selling very quickly. And that's it for this week's What's Hot Guide. If you want to check out any more of the events coming to your area, be sure to go to yourharrogate.co.uk and click on What's Hot. The What's Hot Guide with doorsdirect.co.uk. For made-to-measure sliding wardrobe doors and interiors, visit doorsdirect.co.uk. Thank you, little Ben. And, of course, you can tell us what you're up to. You can email me, nick, at yourharrogate.co.uk. Nick at yourharrogate.co.uk. Do you know what word is overused? The word epic. God, that is an overused word. But the word epic is the most appropriate word for the woman who we are about to meet. She's from Nairsborough and she's an absolute inspiration. And her name is Lauren Doherty. (laughs) 
We are now joined by somebody who is an inspiration and has been for a few years to us all. So Lauren Doherty, we're at her house in Knaresborough and Lauren, your story is you were involved in a life-changing accident. In 2008, I was out with a group of friends um, on a night out and walking home early the next morning. I got hit by a van on Skipton Road, um, was thrown quite away down this, the road and I was then left paralysed from the neck down. Um, I need two carers 24 hours a day to do everything for me. So my whole way of life's changed. I need to find different ways to do things for me that I'm still able to live my life just in a different way now. So how old were you, Lauren, when you had the accident? I was 20. I'd been 20 for about three weeks. So it was 12 years ago now. With having such a life-changing accident, seeing the whole way that my accident's affected my family and my friends, that has made me want to go out and do things to promote safety on the roads. So the accident was, was 12 years ago. Just, just talk us through the timeline then. At what point you decided that you really wanted to actually tell people about your experience and how have you managed to, to find such a, such a positive out of such a horrendous accident? I think that it was seeing kind of the way that my accident that has affected the other people around me that's made me want to, I think that if I stay positive, that that keeps the people around me the same. I have two younger brothers and I knew that, kind of for my mum and dad's sake, that if I stayed happier, that as a family, that we would do things together, that we have adapted our whole way of life. And I've wanted to go into schools to talk to children about road safety to prevent anyone else from having to go through such a life-changing accident where it's affected everything from the way that I have to go to do things. I think that straight from my accident, that after only kind of like a week or two of being awake and being more aware um, of my hospital, surroundings and people coming to see me that one of the first things my mum did say to me was did I not teach you the green cross code so all throughout kind of the last 12 years but as a family we've all remained as positive as possible I know that there's been a, quite a lot for different members of my family to go through personally but we all find the humour in things. And it's so important that, isn't it? And and if you can if you can find humour in the in the darkest moments of your life. And I think if you have as a family, if you are a good humoured family, nothing can stop that really, can it? No, this we've celebrated even throughout being in hospital. I know we've got Halloween coming up now. So my mum had decorated all around my bed. We celebrated Christmas in a hospital. 
that even though I was in hospital and I was miles away, that everyone was around me, I always had visitors. So I think that there's always been people around me that I don't think would have let me to be miserable or sad, but there's everyone around me. I've got the great family and my friends, so we're all just very lucky. I know that a lot of people don't have that. Well, yeah, and thank goodness, thank goodness for that. Thank goodness for friends and family. Thank goodness for being able to laugh all the way through. Tell me, in the road safety talks that you do and you have been doing for the past few years, what are the bits of it that you really enjoy? What do you get a buzz from? At the end of every talk, we'll always say that children are allowed to ask me any question free much there have been a few that we don't answer the little lovely boys that think it's funny to ask toilet questions but I enjoy when children will ask you anything and we've been asked kind of that in my dreams can I walk again or what colour was the car that hit you they find some of the really little details that I've said that children will ask I think that there's a lot that they can learn from what I'm saying. They remember about being safe on roads and they see that I'm in a wheelchair and that I need my carers to feed me or that they have to dress me. And I think that if they can remember those little things, that how it affects your life and your family's life, when they're out on roads, then that's exactly what I'm wanting. That's why I like to do these talks. Do you get nervous before speaking in front of a a room full of people? I don't get nervous speaking in front of younger children. It's when they're older people where we've done talks for um, six farmers or I've done a few personal resilience talks kind of in the past like few months before lockdown to a group of firemen managers. Um, yeah, that I get very nervous speaking in front of adults. There's something about there's something about adults, isn't there, where, where I think kids will just say what's ever, whatever's on their mind, really, won't they? Whereas, whereas adults, I suppose, will, will almost go, go the other way. And I suppose you're left wondering what, what, are, they, what are they thinking and, and uh, may not never know. If you had to say that the, the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself over the past 12 years, what would you say that is? I think that it's that I can get through anything where I spent 16 months in the hospitals after my accident, which was awful, kind of only going out in fresh air maybe twice. And then when it came to lockdown, that I think that knowing that there were three months that we'd be spending inside that I think I I knew that we'd be able to get through that better because I'd already done it the first time around in the hospital it was just good that for lockdown that I was able to get out in the garden a little bit or that we had um, like the technology with Zoom and things so that I was able to talk to people so it was a lot better during lockdown even though I wasn't very happy that we had to do that. I think I think it's really important that you've got a perspective on, on anything that's happened in the last six months or so 
with COVID, you've got a you've got a complete perspective on it where where you know you can cope with whatever's whatever's being being thrown at you. And I think also you've impacted so many lives because obviously when you when you think of how many different children have been sat listening to the talks and adults as well, you will have had a big impact on a, on a number of people's lives. And and it's and it's an inspirational story to to turn something into positive action and for people who are listening to this who'd like to find out a bit more about the road safety talks and things where should they go we have um, an instagram page a facebook page and a and we're on twitter as well and we have a website that is www.roadsafetytalks.co.uk well it's been an absolute privilege to get to talk to you and really 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 wish you the best of luck for lockdown for the rest of (laughs) lockdown hope it's not too long and look forward to seeing you out and about very soon thank you big thanks to lauren for joining us on the your harrogate podcast and to sharon from harrogate international festivals and to our sponsors mj rider and of course to you For listening, we'll be back with another podcast next Friday. Special guests from Destination Harrogate talking about the return of the Harrogate Hospitality and Tourism Awards in a bit of a different way this year. We've got Simon Cotton and David Ritson joining us on our podcast next week. In the meantime, stay safe.